and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. Do you ever find yourself feeling stuck or bored at work? There might be plenty of work to be done and projects to start, but you don't feel like doing any of it. There could be many reasons why you feel this way, but a common reason for it is you're not working within your zone of genius. And this is one of the top reasons why people come to me for coaching. They have a great job, they work for an amazing company, they're paid good money, they feel secure, their job is safe, they've got great benefits. For anyone looking at them from the outside, they should likely feel happy and thrilled even for having such a great job. And yet, deep down inside, they feel like they're dying. It feels like there's a slow leak on their soul and every day they sit down to work, they're actually losing a part of themselves more and more every day. And our saboteurs likely chirp in with all kinds of messages like, you have a great job, you should be grateful. Look at all these other people over here who don't even have a job, what's wrong with you? You make good money. You've got job security and benefits. People would kill for what you have. So what? So maybe you're a little bored every once in a while. Everybody gets bored. Cry me a river. You have a family now and they're counting on you. You can't afford to be picky. And most important of all, no one loves their job all the time. Do you ever hear any of these messages from your saboteurs? They're relentless, aren't they? So I'm here to tell you, You don't have to live like this. You should never feel like you're dying on the inside. You're not being ungrateful if you feel like this. And there actually are people out there who love their job all the time. Trust me, there are. So if you identified with what I explained above, you likely aren't working inside your zone of genius enough. So welcome to this episode where I will help you troubleshoot and change that. All right, so here's a look at what you're going to learn today. In the first segment, I'm going to explain why you need to understand your zone of genius. Secondly, I'm going to explain how to figure it out. I'm gonna walk you through an exercise to do that. And then in the third segment, I'm gonna share some tips and the now what do I do with all this information once you've figured it out. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? learned about the zone of genius from the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is a fantastic book. I can't recommend this book enough. It's on my top 10 list of all time important books to read. Now I think I've read it about five times so far and it's a great reminder of some really key lessons. The main premise of the book is that We go through something called upper limiting in our life when we are on the cusp of growth. You know, we're about to step outside of our comfort zone, but we do something to stand in our own way, to block our success. We do something to prevent ourselves from getting to the next level. Now, near the end of the book, there's another great lesson on time and how we perceive our relationship with time. There's so many gems in this book, but the one part that we are zooming in on today is this whole discussion around your zone of genius. Now, in the next segment, I'm gonna walk you through an exercise to figure out exactly what is inside of yours. 
But right now I want you to understand why this is so important. Why did I dedicate a whole episode to your zone of genius? So here's four reasons. First, we are meant to feel fulfilled at work. We should be doing what we love and feel like we're making a difference. So knowing our zone of genius, it really helps us to understand what type of work we love to do and what type of work we don't love to do and what we're not so good at. And knowing all these, well, it's important because so often I see people beating themselves up because they are procrastinating or they're not engaged at work. But often this is because we're not operating in our zone of genius. We're doing work that is below us or that isn't fulfilling. And that's why we struggle. So remember, you are meant to feel fulfilled by the work that you do. Number two, it helps us to define our career path and prevent getting distracted by what we should, saying that in air quotes, what we think we should do. Now, you know, every day I hear stories from people who just all of a sudden one day woke up and realized they were in a career that they hated. And that's heartbreaking to hear that someone's in a career that they don't love, but it's also exciting because they had this aha and now they can go on the journey to figure out what they really do want to do. In some instances, people went into a career because they actually, like they legitimately thought that's what they wanted to do. But more often, I hear stories of people who went into a field because of external pressure, either from family, from teachers, from friends, or from society in general. Even I have experienced this myself. Luckily, I realized it in university and I shifted gears before I got out of school, but it happened to me too. And it's kind of embarrassing to admit this, but in high school, I thought My career destiny was to become an accountant. Now, one of the business courses that I took in high school was an intro to accounting, and I loved it, and I got a great grade, and it felt really good to me. And I even did a high school co-op in accounting in St. Catharines. I did this at a firm called McGilvery Partners. It was serious. I got to dress up and wear office clothes and heels. And I was convinced that this was my calling in life until I entered my first year of university and I had a rude awakening of managerial accounting and economics and nope, yep, this is not for me actually. And I was stubborn enough to try it a second year to really, really make sure that this wasn't what I wanted to do. And then thankfully, I got on a track to figure out my way in marketing and communications. So the story for me had a happy ending. I was able to course correct and figure this out before I finished school. But not everybody is that lucky. And I want to point out that being an accountant or anyone in finance is a fantastic career and very highly respected. I have so much respect. But the reason why I chuckle when I tell this story and that it's so embarrassing for me is that accounting is something that today, this grown-up version of me, identifies as my biggest weakness. Now, I've told this story before, but the very first thing I outsourced in my business was my accounting. I hired an accountant. I paid her money before I even had my first paying coaching client. 
So I think it's pretty fair to say that we don't always know who we are in high school and picking a career can be a lot of pressure. I was caught up in the external validation of telling people my plans. You know, I would tell them that I wanted to be an accountant and go to business school and they would raise their eyes and look at me really with this impressed look on their face. And I got addicted to that. So I think it's fair to say that I literally had no idea who I was in high school. Looking back on my old personality profiles, I used to actually register as an extreme extrovert too. And now I put myself on the opposite end of the spectrum as an introvert. So, you know, we all have different versions of ourselves or we have a lack of self-awareness who we are and sometimes we evolve over time. So knowing what is in your zone of genius today helps you to avoid all the mistakes that I've made and really figure out what is on your proper career path. All right, the third reason to know your zone of genius is that it helps us be more efficient and focus on what we're good at. So as an entrepreneur, I have the option of outsourcing tasks that aren't in my zone of genius, and it's efficient for me to do more of what I love that way. So at a full-time job, this might not seem like it's an opportunity, but let's not write it off just yet. I do know some people who have virtual assistants in their full-time job. You just have to make sure that your workplace approves this, right? If it's someone out of your company, you want to make sure they have the right security access to confidential information. So other great options to outsource things are bringing in co-op students, hiring an admin, sharing a headcount with another team or another person. Be resourceful here. Be creative. Where there's a will, there's a way. Remember that when you're pitching this to your boss, remember to focus on the benefits to the organization. You don't want to kick off the conversation by saying, you know, paperwork isn't really in my zone of genius. And Julie said that I really shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I would not suggest leading with that. You'll get better results by saying something like, I'd really like to focus more time and attention on following up on my leads quickly so that I can bring in more revenue more quickly. That will get their attention. All right, so knowing your zone of genius helps you to be more efficient at work. And the fourth and last reason to know your zone of genius is when we're doing work we love, we do great work. When we're engaged and we're challenged, this is the optimal environment to really thrive and be our best self. If you're a people manager, you know this. You know that you always want to give your team members stretch goals so that they're learning and doing things that really challenge themselves and they get to self-actualize and grow through that. And not only are they going to be thriving while they're doing these things, but when you're the person, you, you facilitate their growth and their expansion, you will develop such a natural bond with them and they will be forever loyal to you. Okay, so let's recap those four reasons to know your zone of genius. One, we are meant to be fulfilled by our work. Two, it helps us get on the right career path. Three, it helps us be more efficient. And four, when we're doing work we love, we're gonna do our best work.
All right, now I want to walk you through the exercise to determine what your zone of genius is. So I want you to grab a piece of paper and draw out a two by two matrix or draw a big old square and then separate it into four equal sections, okay? We're gonna start with the bottom boxes and then work our way to the top so that your big, beautiful zone of genius is in the top right box, okay? So we use the process of elimination here to determine what's in your zone of genius. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start with the bottom right. Label this your zone of incompetence. Now in this box, I want you to list everything that you don't do well. Things that other people can do much better than you can. And remember, this is different for everyone. So what's in my zone of incompetence won't, might not be in your zone of incompetence. For me, I talked about my accounting and bookkeeping is definitely in my zone of incompetence. Also certain types of research or facts and stats, digging around for them, uh, some technology implementing, software troubleshooting. Uh, not all research is boring to me. Like I love researching resort centers, planning vacations. When I used to run retreats, that was probably one of the most exciting parts of my job. And because I work with so many clients from many different backgrounds and different industries, I get to hear all kinds of answers about what is in people's zone of incompetence. And I have to admit, I do a lot of self-managing here. When I hear people say that certain things are in their zone of incompetence, like marketing or events, writing, creating content, building a program, all those things in their zone of incompetence, I'm just screaming on the inside, right? I'm saying, wait, but those things are so easy. But for them, they're not. And this is a great reminder, if you do this exercise with someone else especially, that we all have different tasks in different boxes, which is what makes us all so unique and fascinating. So we have to respect what other people can do and what they can't do. All right, moving over to your second box. This is called your zone of competence. Now this includes tasks that you can do easily, but so can other people too. When you do these tasks, you're not really adding any value to them at all. From an entrepreneur perspective, these are typically the tasks that we outsource easily to others. So it might include administrative tasks, booking meetings, calendar management, scheduling social media posts. It really varies across different people. So for me, I've got lots of things in my zone of competence. And I don't know about you, but I find it boring and frustrating to do lots of admin work, repetitive tasks, troubleshooting uh, when things go wrong on my website. I recently messed something up on my calendar booking tool with one simple click to make things better. I made it worse. So those are all things that for me take a lot of troubleshooting. I could easily pass that off to someone else. All right. Getting up to the top half of your quadrants, the third box is called your zone of excellence. Now these are things that you can do really well and you make a good living when you do these things. This is where other people want you to stay. It's easy, it's comfortable, but if you stay here for the rest of your life, it will suck your soul and you will be miserable. 
you will always feel like there's something missing in your life. For me, there's lots of things in my zone of excellence. Since starting my business, I realized that teaching yoga was in my zone of excellence, which is why I gave it up after a few years. I mean, it was never the full-time plan for me to teach yoga. It was just something I meant to do in the beginning. I would also say that my corporate marketing job, doing that full-time, zone of excellence. I did it for 15 years. I loved it. I had amazing jobs and bosses and colleagues. I was good at what I did. However, I know I could not have continued to do that for the rest of my life. So I'm happy doing my own marketing these days, but I couldn't do that as a full-time career anymore. So what is in your zone of excellence? I'm dying to know. Are you living in your zone of excellence right now? Or have you already transcended to the next and the final destination? Number four, the top right box is called your zone of genius. Now, these are activities that you are uniquely suited to do. They call on a special combination of your talents, your gifts, and your strengths. This is where your superpowers live. These are the things where you reach a state of flow and you get into the work that you're doing, and then suddenly you look up at the clock and three hours have just passed by. The things that you do here come so naturally and easily to you You might assume that everyone else can do them just as easily as you can, but that's not the case. They're easy for you because of who you are. And no, other people can't do them as well as you. For me, listening is a superpower. I have a unique ability to listen to what a client is saying and within minutes understand what their limiting beliefs are, what goals they need to set, and already I'm making a list of tools and exercises that they need to do to get them there. I can't explain it. It's not something that I can train or teach. It's part listening, it's part intuition, it's part life experience, it's part mashup. It's a whole bunch of different things that uniquely make me, me. And sure, anyone can learn coaching skills, but how you pull it all together, that's what makes you unique. So I'd say listening and coaching are definitely in my zone of genius. I would also include creating transformative experiences and events. I have a really strong reputation and track record doing that. Also in developing content, you know, content for this podcast, for exercises with clients, for frameworks, tools, worksheets, that stuff just flows out of me like a fire hose. If you've ever worked with me, you know I love my tools and I love my worksheets. It's a powerful way to get clients to really reflect and learn about themselves. So that's what's in my zone of genius. What about you? What are your strengths and your passions? It's here that you are meant to work for your whole life. And this really is the premise of the book, The Big Leap. We are meant to make this big leap into our zone of genius so that we can live that big, beautiful, amazing life that we want to live. But this can be hard because we have so many limiting beliefs. We have fears. We have doubts that we've been conditioned with. And it just feels scary. So... The last piece, now that you've filled in all four different quadrants, the last piece of this exercise is to ask yourself the honest question, the tough question. How much time 
am I spending in my zone of genius and in each of these other boxes? This is the important part, right? This is where the reflection happens. This is where we have to be honest with ourselves. And once you do this, it should help you to understand your current satisfaction levels with your job right now. You might notice some correlations there, just saying. All right, that completes the exercise. I really, really want you to take time to do this. Really get it down, pen to paper, and either do it on your own or do it with a growth junkie partner. And if you're feeling brave, I would love you to send me your four quadrants and let me know what your different percentages are. I really do want to see that. So that's a summary of the four different quadrants, your zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, and of course, your zone of genius. So the tough love of this episode is a gentle reminder that you're meant to do work that you love doing. You are. You really are. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Remember episode 25, we talked about our belief mapping. What are our core beliefs that run in our operating system? Now, there's so many beliefs about work that I notice in people that sit in our collective consciousness that don't serve us at all. Things like, work is just a grind, or you can't do what you love and make good money, or no one loves their job all the time. These are all lies. These are beliefs. They are not true. You are not destined to live those out. So here are four inquiry questions taken from the book that might help you determine your zone of genius. Okay, number one, what do I most love to do where I don't get tired or don't get bored? What do I most love to do where I don't get tired or don't get bored? Two, what work can I do all day that doesn't feel like work? What work can I do all day that doesn't feel like work? Three, in your work, what produces the highest satisfaction compared to the amount of time spent? What produces the highest satisfaction compared to the amount of time spent? Four, what is my unique ability? What is my unique ability? All right, I'm going to give you two bonus tips here to figure out your zone of genius. One, ask people. Ask people who know you really well, or people maybe who have worked with you in the past or in the present. They should be able to help you realize what you're really, really good at. And then secondly, there's what we call the goofy grin test. So when you talk about your zone of genius, about the things that are in there, those tasks, we usually get this starry-eyed, dreamy, kind of look in our face maybe we start to use our hands some body language we start rolling our shoulders back and forth and we get the goofy grin on our face as we recall how amazing it feels to do these things that's the goofy grin test so now that you know what your zone of genius is what do we do with this information so some of you as you went through this exercise you might be realizing that actually 
you are working in your zone of genius right now. So congratulations to you. Give yourself a pat on the back. Now it's time for you to send that elevator back down and help out someone else. Help them figure out what's inside of their zone of genius. Let yourself be a beacon, an inspiration to them of how it can really be, all right? And if you're not living in your zone of genius, here's four different options of what you can do, all right? Number one, you shift your current job. So if you brainstorm a way to shift some of the responsibilities in your role, this will allow you to focus more on doing the things that you love. So this might take some time and some courageous conversations with your boss or your colleagues, but I have seen people work wonders here. Remember, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So this is shifting the responsibilities in your current job. The second option is to look into changing your job. That's an obvious one. If you're not doing what you love, you can change what you do. And if you do take this approach, please be sure to take the time to find the right opportunity. Something that will really be different than what you're doing today. You never want to go from bad to worse and be desperate by making a job change. Really make sure that this new opportunity will be different. Number three, you can supplement your job with a side hustle or a business or a hobby, something that will help you live in your zone of genius. So this is an easier fix from the other two and it might even cause miracles with your day job because it can be really powerful to shift your attitude and it will also shift your energy. And then lastly, the fourth option is to invest in your personal growth. If we're feeling unfulfilled on the inside, then spending time to understand who you are at a deep level and cultivate your relationship with yourself, that will elevate all areas of your life. I repeat, it will elevate all areas of your life. Now, this is something you can undertake as a self-guided expedition or you can engage a therapist, a coach to help you efficiently navigate this process. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on your zone of genius. So please take 10 minutes to go through this exercise. It is so powerful. And it might be something that you start today and then you kind of keep coming back to it throughout the week as you reflect and other thoughts pop up for you on your walk and your exercise in the shower. And be sure to share this episode with someone else, another personal growth junkie in your life like we are, and do the exercise with them. Maybe you could do it with your team at work if that feels right, or it might help you to really understand each other better and have a better working relationship. And if you're in the market for a new book, then I highly recommend The Big Leap. I can't say enough good things about it. It's by Gay Hendricks. And it's one of my top reads of all times. I've read it so many times and there's so much in there for you to learn. And if you'd like to chat with me about your zone of genius or if you really resonated with my description in the intro about having a great job, working for a great company, getting paid, good money and benefits, feeling secure and safe, but feeling dead on the inside 
feeling like your soul is slowly leaking from your body, then please reach out and book a consult with me. You are not meant to live like this. And I promise there is another way. You can book a consult with me on my website at thecorporateyogi.com. Thanks for tuning in and continuing to support this podcast. I really do appreciate you. So good luck discovering all of your zones, especially discovering your zone of genius.